morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. It's Friday, and this is the second episode. If you want to listen to the first one, tune in to, I think it was called Trump, Bud Light, and Right Wing Cornballs, uh, where we discuss Trump, Bud Light, and Right Wing Cornballs. So I, th- today's episode was good. Make sure you guys tune in. We, we went over a lot. I kind of explained my, well, we're going to make this like, hold on, everybody. We're going to trip. Whoa, pavement's wet. Get a little slippery back there. Things got a little crazy. <laughs> ah, yeah, baby. Let's go. I feel great, dude. I went in, uh, I, I hit, I, as I explained, in Trump, Bud Light, and right wing core balls. Uh, went to Foley's. Got a workout in there today. I got to say, man, uh, I love the powerlifting gym I work out at. I work out. I, so, I, Foley's definitely going to be my more high-intensity environment. It's just I, the the people. Like, I, I feel more motivated when there's a full gym. And I used to be exactly the opposite. So, I think, you know, Dynamax is going to be... I, I think I found the balance. Dynamax is going to be, like, very high weight, low reps, lots of pauses between sets, longer pauses between sets... And Foley's going to be where I go and absolutely punish myself uh, in a cardiovascular sense because it's perfect. They got treadmills, they got the stair climber, or Jacob's ladder rather, uh, and a stair climber, I'm pretty sure a bunch of them. And uh, then the sauna steam room. So, what I do like today, I mean, I, I lifted heavy, don't get me wrong, but I lifted with higher intensity. Dude, I surprised myself. So, I warmed up 135 on flat bench. 225, and then I hit uh, 315 for 10, which was it's one of the highest, I think my highest ever is my PR is 11 uh, with 315, and then I hit 365 for two sets of uh, five, or five and four, I don't remember, uh, and then I hit 220, after doing all that, I threw 225 back on, and I must have repped it 20 times right after that last set of 365. And uh, I'm sure at that point, anybody watching knew that I meant business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I went over, I hit tricep pull downs with the ropes, uh, and then I did bicep curls. Then I did incline, uh, uh, incline dumbbell press uh, with 120s. I did three sets of eight or nine. And then I hit the Jacob's ladder until I almost puked. And then I hit incline treadmill. I didn't go very long on that. I think I did the, I maxed out uh, the incline, uh, I don't know, like a 2.7 for 10 minutes. I was already pretty gassed. I, I got to work on my cardio. Uh, and then I hit this uh, steam room. I prefer the steam room. It's hotter. I sweat more. Uh, and what I'm able to do, like you can't get in the shower, go to the, go into the sauna because there's no drain, which is ridiculous. But um, with the steam room, what I'll do is I'll sit in there for as long as I can take it and then go ahead and ice cold shower for like 20 seconds, back into the steam room, back to the shower, back in the, and I think I did that for like six or seven sets, uh, and boy, that takes it out of you, man, like that, I forgot uh, how good that is, uh, I, I love it, Ooh, I might stop back out here and get some seafood, um, actually, I'm going to turn around, where can I turn around here? Uh, there's a place back there selling like fresh seafood. That'd be kind of cool to cook up tonight. Should I go or am I just going to let it sit in my fridge and rot? Hmm. <laughs> I don't want like live lobsters in the Maserati. I'll come back out here later with the other car and get it. Anyways, 
Um, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah, I was going over my workout. So, yeah, that's what I did for a workout today. Uh, I've been doing sprints. So, I've been doing wind sprints. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back there and check that place out. I've been doing wind sprints, uh, which I... <laughs> So I sprinted the other day, uh, I think Tuesday, today's Friday. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. That is the first time I've hit a full sprint in, uh, I couldn't even, uh, three years, probably. I think the, the last time I hit a full sprint uh, was in a run-in with, with the Popo <laughs> three, three years ago. Uh, I don't think I've hit one since then, which is crazy to think about. I haven't sprinted. Dude, I used to sprint every day, multiple times a day in sports and athletics and you know, even through college and rugby and stuff. So I'm like, dude, I I did two sprints and thought I was going to die. And I'm like, okay, this is a major, major hole in my game. Um, so Gotta make sure I don't pass this place. It said uh, lobster, clam, haddock. I gotta check this place out. It looked like a shack, like a little rundown shack, which you know it's gonna be absolutely fire, or it's gonna give me dysentery, one of the two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would do it. I did two two sets of sprints. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's just slam on our brakes, homie. What are you doing, bro? Man, people are absolute just goofballs. All right. Oh, wow. I'm glad I slowed way down. I'm a bottomed out. All right. Hey, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to run and check this place out. All right. Oh, what a what a nice little, this is this little old lady. So it looks like it's like literally in their garage. And it, I mean, it smells like seafood. <laughs> uh, but they had a big tank of lobsters right out of the harbor. Haba and uh, all kinds of stuff. So I got a pound of scallops, scallops, and a pound of salmon uh, that I will cook up for me and the wifey tonight. Pretty nice. Have a little seafood dinner. Fresh. I mean, this is all fresh caught. Um, so I'm excited for that. Anyways, I think we covered the uh, workout routine. So yeah, uh, my my weight. That's something we haven't discussed in quite some time. Uh, I got down to 230 and then I bumped right back up to 233. I know exactly why. Uh, just a lack of discipline in a couple areas. Had a couple beers. Uh, um, missed a couple meals, which actually made me heavier, which is crazy. Um, but I'm back down today to 231. So we got 15 more pounds to go. We're down about 15 pounds. Uh, 50. So we're halfway there already. It's been about two and a half weeks. Uh, so can't complain too much. Um, but the weight's looking good. I'm excited. I definitely look leaner. I posted a picture on my Instagram the other day. Check it out. I look very lean. Uh, you're starting to see some of those uh, those oblique muscles, I think they are, on my ribs. Uh, I don't know what those are. I think obliques, right? Uh, on my ribs. My you, One thing I've been working uh, way more on is my back. Listen, men, you've got to have a strong back. And the reason why I didn't work on my back was um, for so long was I had an aversion to deadlifts. I just, they scared me. I'm like, dude, I don't want to mess. I've just heard so many horror stories. But the more I've read, the more I've read, a really good page for everybody to follow um, if you are into weightlifting is, I believe it's called Squat University on Instagram. And they helped me with my squat, obviously, form, 
in a lot of other forms with my lifts. So I did a lot of studying. I studied deadlifts. I studied deadlifts. I talked to people that I knew were super strong deadlifters. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, man, when, when you do that type of research and you pick the brains, and this is a lesson for everything. I, I had a conversation the other day with this girl who's like, hey, Mike, I know you started a couple companies. I want to start my own company. I don't know what to do, either a food truck or a, like a shirt, a clothing line, like kind of like you did, but I want to do like printing, graphic design, blah, 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 blah. And... Uh, you know, I gave her some tips and some advice and she's like, well, I really just, I want to learn how to do every single part of the process myself by doing like, basically what she didn't want to, especially in the graphic design sector. I'm like, I have a, uh, I have a great graphic design team I could hook you up with. And she's like, well, I really want to do it all my, I'm like, why would you want to do it all yourself when you can just have an expert and then you can focus on growing your business. But anyways, so you know, I, I spent a lot of time studying squat form, picked the brains of, like I said, people that I knew at very, or I'm sorry, deadlift form, uh, picked the brains of people that had very strong deadlifts. And before you know it, I go from working with 225 to 405 in a matter of, I think it was 20 days. Um, and guys, what I was saying before, it's very, it's critical that you have a strong back. Like the benefits of deadlifting far outweigh the risks. You just, you just be careful. How do you get hurt deadlifting? You get hurt deadlifting by putting weight on the bar that you have no business lifting, and then you try jerking it, or that's how you hurt your back. Like, if anything in deadlifts, stay light. Stay light for as long as you need to until your form is perfect. Until your form is perfect, stay light. There is no reason at all to overexert yourself with deadlifts. That's how you get hurt really bad. So as I said before, my advice is to stay light and uh, just focus on building your form. But anyways, having a strong back is so important as a guy. Um, just think about how much lifting we do as men. And you don't want to be the kind of guy like nobody ever calls. What the shit was that? that what the hell was that dude this lady's like car in front of us like exploded <laughs> like a huge puff of smoke came out the back of this lady's car like I've got this cop behind me him and I both came to a dead stop <laughs> you couldn't see in front of you that's how thick this smoke was that was crazy Wow, I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, anyways, take your time, take your time with your lifts. Uh, but yeah, you should have a strong back. You know, uh, you don't want to be the guy that's like, eh, he, eh, we don't need to call him. <laughs> he can't lift anything. You know what I'm saying? But I think that's a valuable lesson. Backing up. Um, backing up and talking about delegation you know delegation if you're going to build anything worthwhile you need to you need to be a good delegator and people often um, avoid delegation because of two reasons they're number one they're they're control freaks and number two they're afraid they're not going to do as good of a job as they will right but you can't 
effectively scale. You cannot grow at all. You're not gonna be able to, I mean, you'll grow, don't get me wrong, but you're gonna hit plateaus where you'll probably stay for quite some time. Um, you're gonna hit plateaus and you'll never grow as fast or as big as somebody that's a master delegator, okay? Why is delegation so important? Well, what I was just saying, number one, it allows you to grow, facilitates growth. Number two, it allows you to scale laterally as well as up and down. Number three, it allows you to focus on what you are very good at. It allows you to focus in your strength zone. For example, uh, for my staffing company, trackers, details, client relations, not my strong suit. I have snapped out on clients many times. Stephanie, bring in Stephanie, the partner, very good with clients, has a lot more patience. She got a she got a wick, she got a short fuse on her too, but it's much longer than mine. <laughs> What's up, Steph? Much longer than mine. Um, she's just much better with clients. Uh, she's much more detail-oriented, and we have a great staff of people that are handling trackers, data input, all of that stuff. So when I started this company, I was doing literally everything. Data entry, setting interviews, running interviews, running the... So now, what am I good at? I'm very, very good at running the company overview, and that's now my primary focus with this. I'm very good at hiring the right people um, and placing them within our organization. Um, you know, so I'm able to focus on the things that I'm good at, and I have an amazing staff and amazing partners that handle everything else. Tyler's head of hiring, Steph runs everything else. We've got Rachel, who's the executive assistant, that just keeps things running behind the scenes. We got Kelly and a group on pipe. We got our setters led by Mama B. We just got such a great staff. And all of that came from delegation. I started, you know, how there's, I mean, we're doing a, a, a quite a bit of hires a week and managing, I don't know, 30 pipelines for 30 clients. There's no, there's no way I could do it. I, if it were just, even if it were me and Steph, there's no, we could, Steph and I could do it. We could do it but we'd also kill ourselves or each other without a doubt. We would 100% kill each other or ourselves at some, something bad would happen. Steph would get on the booze. I'd probably develop a pill habit. <laughs> it would, I know Steph listening to this right now laughing. It wouldn't be good. So that's why delegation is so important. So that great point there. So number one, facilitates growth, allows you to scale. Number two, it keeps you sane. And I guess we kind of glossed over, it keeps you in your strike zone. So number one, it allows you to grow, okay? Number two, it keeps you in your strike zone doing the things that you are the best at. Do not delegate out what you are number one at. Like I can remember this became a huge point of contention. Leadership development was what I was known for in the life insurance industry. I was known industry-wide uh, and won many awards based on my ability to identify and develop leaders. And I used to run weekly uh, weekly uh, leadership meetings. We call them We Grow Wednesdays. And uh, when I was running them, people were engaged. I, I just, I let my old partner at the time, who ended up stabbing me in the back basically, uh, convince me that he and his, whatever, 
I'm not going to get into people's names and relationships, but that they should run the meetings and it, it, the, the whole thing fell apart. People didn't want to show up. People didn't, you know, don't delegate out what you're best at. Keep doing what you're best at. But delegation allows you to play in that string zone. Like I wouldn't have been able to run all the leadership meetings if I was also writing all the business, right? That's why we had agents, field agents, and trainers to write the business. So I could focus on recruiting and uh, talent acquisition, talent development. So it keeps you in your strike zone. And then number three is what we just said, and I can't remember now. Oh, it keeps you sane. It keeps you sane. You're doing, I, I know I'm talking to people on here that are doing everything themselves. In, at, in, the, in the growth at the nascent stages, that's what you're supposed to do. That is what you are supposed to do. Unless you're doing, um, like if you're, your bread and butter industry, your main cash cow, let's put it this way. Your main cash cow should be you, you from the ground up. Like you should be the one at the first one in, the last one out for a long time. But like the clothing line, for example, a little side hustle, the first thing I did was hire staff and delegate. I'm not out here doing the designs. I'm not out here putting the website together. I'm not out. No, no, no. That ain't. That, that's not me. Okay. Bang, bang, boom. Immediately hired staff. Got with a great girl, Michelle, who's just an absolute beast on social. Her and her team. Look at the 1099 Apparel website. 1099apparel.com. 1099apparel.com. She put all that together. She put our Instagram together. They did such a good job. So, like, the side hustle... Yeah, you can kind of get in, hire staff, delegate out, put people in their string stones. But your main cash cow, like, I know a lot of people that listen to me are in the life insurance field. You need to be the one for, uh, until you're doing, in my opinion, in my opinion, at least $25,000 a week. I think fifty dollars personally, but I, I could live with people doing $25,000 and delegating until you're doing 25,000 in production a week, you should be the one writing the majority of the business, doing the majority of the training and the majority of the hiring. Are you going to be stressed out? Yes. Are you going to be working 14, 15 hour days? Yes. Are you going to work seven days a week? Absolutely. But I see these people, they get to 10,000 a week, they start to delegate out, they stop writing business, deal falls apart. It goes back to 2,000 a week and it's just them and some bum. Then they got to rebuild. They get back to 10,000 a week. Oh, let's take our hands off the steering. Boom, right back down. And then these people do it over and over and over again. Like even when you're doing 25, 30, 50,000 a week, like I still went out in the field at least once every two months and reminded people who daddy was. Went out, dropped 20,000 in a week, 15,000 in a week. Um, but you shouldn't be doing it. Like when you get to 25,000 a week, okay, now I can see you kind of maybe only hitting the field three days a week instead of five to seven. Uh, when you get to 25,000 a week, I could see you turning the majority of your training over to your supervisors. When you get to 25,000 a week, I could see you maybe hiring a staffing company. So where you're not doing all the hands, you should never take your hands completely off your staffing. But that, that would make more sense to me. So I guess the, the next point is what we've just kind of gone over is your main cash cow, your main source of income. You should build 100% yourself until a certain threshold of production, whether that's in life insurance, real estate, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the industry. 
there should be a clearly defined target to where once that target is met, you're like, all right, I'm going to start kind of taking my hands off the wheel in some areas, but becoming more focused in others. I'm giving you guys just an inordinate amount of juice and fire that I, I should be charging $1,000 a minute for this podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you just... if what, what a lot of people don't realize is that many of the major players and uh, a certain industry all use my systems, all use my ideas. I'm not trying to be arrogant at all. I'm just telling you exactly like it is. Company-wide. Company-wide. Many of my systems, ideas, principles are all still used to this day. If you are listening to this and you're in the life insurance industry or any industry, if you just implemented what I told you to do, you'd make make at least a quarter million next year, half a million the year after that, three quarters after that, and then a million your fourth year. If you just listen to me and not try to reinvent the wheel and not try to like, you know, get fancy. None of this is fancy. It's just hard work. It's discipline and it's working smart. Anybody can work hard. Okay. Many don't, but anybody can. Anybody can work hard. Let me say that again. Anybody can work hard. Many don't, but everybody can. Right. Very few know how to work smart. Very, very few. Who is this? There's a Jeep at my house. Very few can work smart. So, I wonder if it's, oh, I bet you I know who this is. I think my brother's manager is here. Uh, Maybe that must be a rental. Uh, Okay, well, I'm home. So, I think, what was this, a 20-minute episode? Yeah, another 20-minute episode on Friday. So, you guys got plenty of juice now. Uh, so love you guys. Hey, please share these. Please, please get the words out to your friend and family. And please, if you have it, go to Spotify, damn it, and rate me five stars. All right. Thank you. Let's get it. Love you.